You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM's The Morning Buzz with me, Kieran Audula. And today I'm very excited because we are speaking to Rahat Saini. She is an actor, storyteller, and comedian. And she's starring in the ZZ Theater play called Unexpecting. That's on till May 21st. And we're also going to talk all about her journey. Rahat, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited I get to talk to you about this play and about all the other things oh my God. in my life. I like don't even know where to start. But here's the thing. I was telling you, I was watching your TikToks and I was really like enjoying them. I was entertained. And one thing I really like about you, Rahith, is that you keep it so real. You don't hide anything and you're very authentic. You know, for instance, you're very open. You're like, yes, I'm a bisexual Punjabi woman. Here's my experience. So how important is it for you to keep it real? Extremely important. Um, I often say to people in real life that, you know, I act on stage, I act in movies, I act on TV, whatever it is, but I don't act in real life. I want, I think for that reason, to be extremely real. When I'm playing Rahat, <laughs> I don't want to be playing a character. And, and I think there's something about acting that really allows me to explore different people and different, you know, points of view and different character journeys and stories through my art. And because of that, I really crave authenticity and, you know, being genuine when I'm not playing a character. Because part of acting to me is that exploration of the self. It's the exploration of of who I am and being in touch with that allows me to be better at my job, but it also allows me to just let go of it and be myself when I'm not doing the job. So, so I mean, TikTok became a part of, um, I would say, a, a channel for me to explore that in a way that I could share and connect with a bunch of people. Exactly. And that's really cool. And one of the things that I really liked is your journey is a fascinating one because you spent like the first 13 years of your life in India and then you came to Canada. So that transition, what was that like and how does that influence your art? I mean, I think it's all about perspective. I I grew up in India for 13 years. I was always Canadian, which is something people don't always know is I did live there from the age of three months old till 13, um, but I was Canadian the whole time because I was born in Canada. And I always had this different perspective while there as well, because I was always Canadian living in India, but I was always at home. It was my home too. And then I moved to Canada and I was kind of Indian in Canada. And and that was a different perspective. And I you know, went to high school in Surrey and was surrounded by kids that looked like me, but could tell that I wasn't exactly from here and from my this is the way I exist in the world and my perspective and my you know experience and I think the way it impacts my art is that it's all about perspective it's all about exploring how different people see things and you know I used to when I was in high school joke about how everything here seems like first world problems because I grew up in a, <laughs> in a different part of the world but I don't think that's fair I think the problems here are also real there's lots of stuff here that I've learned over the years things that are more than just first world problems and heavy quotes. But it's it's about the fact that that experience of living in a different place, of having seen and felt the impacts of colonization in my home country, of seeing what that is like for, for everyday people in India. You know, I don't speak to... Um, I speak a lot about my experience in India, but I try to be careful about coding it all as like some sort of you know, all-inclusive Indian living experience. I have a very specific privileged upbringing in India, and I can't speak to the experiences of most people, especially people in rural areas. I grew up in a city, 
in a home where I never had food insecurity and, um, you know, and had all the necessities that I ever needed. And that is not the experience of like 95% of the population in India. And so I try to be mindful of that. But I do think that being aware of that is something that not everybody here has. And it's a, it's about perspective. It's about knowing the reality of of life in different parts of the world. And of course, I can't speak to the whole world, but even that little nugget of reality from where I came from, it allows me to have a different perspective, a, a greater awareness of my privilege, of my place in this world, and of the responsibility I hold to so many people out there that don't have the same chances, the same opportunities as me. Exactly. And I think that's an important thing to remember is that like, whatever you're doing, you're not going to represent everyone and it's not going to be everyone's perspective. No. And I think you're in this industry at a very fascinating time where we're talking so much about representation and like just having mm -hmm. more diversity in our stories. And the one thing I'm thinking of is, do you remember, I think it was earlier this year, there was this big conversation around Mindy Kaling's Velma. Ah. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and did TikTok go off? Did everybody go off basically on they see TikTok of she is not my experience? And I want to get your take, right? You're somebody who writes stories and tells stories. What do you make of that whole situation? Okay, well, first things first, I have to admit I haven't seen Velma. I know it's very despised by a lot of people, but I haven't had a chance to see it. And, you know, I think Mindy gets a bad rep. She is one person. And she is going to write from the experience she has. She's going to write from the perspective that is hers. And is it perfect? Is it all inclusive? Is it a monolithic understanding of all brown people everywhere? It's not a monolithic experience. Brown people are not a monolith. And even brown women, even if you try to make it more specific, we are not a monolith. And the experiences of people, especially in, you know, diasporas across the world are not monolithic. And and I think it's a challenge. I think representation is uh, become so convoluted in a way where people expect the person that is in this position to represent, to represent everyone. And and it's like Mindy Kaling had, you know, she's the daughter of doctors. She grew up in a very, very white part of America, went to like school where she's surrounded by, she's a PWI as I call it, you know, as a lot of people call it, and surrounded by like rich white people. And, and that is the experience she has. And that is often the experience she expresses. Now, if I am to tell a story from my perspective, it will probably include, you know, experiences that that you may not have had, that people next door to me in, in the house over here that they don't have because I grew up in a different part of the world and I, you know, like the struggle that I've had or the, the issues that I've faced, they aren't the same as everyone. And and that's a reality of, of my life. And I, I think art has to come from a place of truth. And and Mindy is just telling her truth. And if people don't like it, I get that. You know, it doesn't have to be for everyone. And some of it can be bad, too. I think that's the other side. The other really heavy side of representation is that Mindy is not the only person who made that show. That's right. You know, but the person everyone wants to blame is the brown woman who's the showrunner. And there's like hundreds of other people that worked on that series that also could have prevented the bad jokes or, you know, could have manipulated it so it wasn't as offensive or whatever it is that people are upset about. But they didn't. <laughs> and the final result is what it is. And if people don't like it, I understand. Not everything has to be for everyone. But 
And things are allowed to be bad. Art is allowed to also fail. And people are allowed to fail. But when you're a brown woman in an overwhelmingly white and male industry, your capacity to fail is reduced. That's something that I felt a lot in my life. And it's something that I have to fight against because I have to allow myself to fail sometimes and to step back from things sometimes or to try something new sometimes and be bad at it. Like the the pressure to represent in a way where you must succeed at everything you try and everything you do, it is stifling to people's creativity and to their their artistic souls because part of art is falling and then picking yourself up and trying something else. Exactly. And I can remember there was a conversation between Mindy Kaling and uh, Priyanka Chopra Jonas where they talked about how like, man, we create these things and then people get so mad. Like, shouldn't you just be happy? Like, we're out there. We're trying to represent the community. We're not everybody. And that's kind of something I wish we would stop doing and just be like, hey, it's great. And maybe if it doesn't represent you, that's fine. But there's going to be more storytellers, right? They're not the only two. There's many South Asian creativities, right? Absolutely. And that's the thing that I like to focus on is, you know, yes, Mindy Kaling may not be the representation that most brown people today want or feel like they're aligned with. However, Mindy Kaling existing is the reason why, or not the direct, but is part of the reason why I get to do what I do. You know, like I, I have to be mindful of the fact that I stand on the shoulders of people that have had to bust their way through doors and And I get to like kind of just walk in sometimes. And that's like, I don't take that lightly. There's lots of people that have been treated a lot worse than me in in the past and even now. And and the fact that I get to fight for, you know, better treatment is only because of those people. And and Mindy and Priyanka and, you know, there's other people, even locals here, like, you know, people who write and who create and who direct. Um, I worked with a brown female director on a show I worked on recently. I've worked with, you know, there's there's incredible creative people here, but they have to be allowed the space to do things that not everyone is going to like. And and it's impossible to please everyone. And that is a reality of of art and of life. Like you can't you can't make something that necessarily everyone is going to love. And and if we put that expectation on everyone, especially the people who have fought their way into positions to represent, like you're shutting down development not just of their art but of the art of people who are going to follow. There's been a big conversation, I think, especially in media of embracing your name. We've seen, you know, in the past, many creatives, you know, having changed their name so they can adapt and fit into the industry. And what I love is you're embracing your name, Rahith. It's a beautiful name. And I saw your TikTok, what's in a name kind of a thing. And it kind of got me thinking. (laughs) So for you, how important is it, you know, to keep that name? Because sometimes people simplify it, make it easier. But for you, how important is it to own that name? Yeah, it's funny, you know, you said, like, how does my upbringing in India influence things? I think that's part of it. I had the privilege of having people say my name right for 13 years. And I'm not giving it up. It's that simple to me. And I understand people having a different perspective when they've grown up in a Western country, like their entire life, like born and raised. Like, I can understand to some extent where the the need for it to be simpler, or just less of a conversation, less of a constant drag. I get it. I, I understand it. I can empathize. But to me, it is worth it to take the time to take to deal with the uncomfortable feeling um, and to just to tell someone, hey, um, I, I know you probably haven't heard it before, but this is how you actually say my name. 
And like literally, in fact, last night I told a dear friend who is so sweet, a classmate of mine um, from my like acting class. Um, I told her, I'm like, hey, girl, I love you so much. I know you're the type of person who is going to apologize profusely when I tell you, but you're saying my name slightly wrong. And she was like, Oh God. Oh God. I'm so sorry. I, let me, and I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Da, 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 da. Hang on. It's okay. I don't want to tell you it's okay. 45 times. I know you're going to apologize. I'm going to cut it short. I get it. I know you don't mean to. And if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't take the time to fix the way you're saying my name. Um, this is an act of care for me too. And the way you identify in the world is, is important. It's a part of the way you walk through the world every day. And yes, it's extra work <laughs> for me. Um, I and I it is tiring sometimes. I've had some truly weird experiences with um, explaining my name to people. Come up with silly mnemonics. I've come up with uh, little tricks. I've come up with long explanations. Yeah. I've, there's all sorts of things you do to to be like, let me make this a little digestible for you, but I want you to still do it. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it because it's my name. And I want it to be said right. Rahat, I could talk to you forever, but I do want to talk about your play now. Uh, let's unexpected. Yes, tell us about it and tell listeners, you know, how they can go and check out this amazing play. Yes, Unexpecting is a fabulous show. It is uh, my director's calling it his lesbian baby-making comedy, and uh, which I love because what what more do you need to know, really? And it is touching. It is hilarious. It is heartbreaking, and. It's just a joyous night out, I would say. It's a show about a queer couple that have been trying to start a family for about five years. And um, it just goes into the challenges of that, how difficult that can be, not just for queer people, um, for just any people that want to have a family and it's just not working out the way they want, which is a thing a lot of people deal with. But specifically for queer couples who don't have, you know, the biological like lineup necessary to to just produce a child they have additional hurdles and and it goes into the journey of you know adoption and stuff and how challenging that can be a process that not everybody knows a lot about and the whole time it's a rip roar and laugh so i think people are gonna love it people have been loving it we're going into our final run now we have six shows six shows left and um and i'm really excited to to share it with people because i think Everyone that I've spoken to after the show has just felt really touched and really happy um, by the end of it. And you can check it out. It's um, going up at Studio 16, which is on West 7th in Vancouver. Studio 16, and we're, we've got shows Wednesday through Saturday at 8 p.m. And we've got a couple matinees as well, in case anybody wants a daytime show, on Saturday and Sunday at 2 p.m. And you can check out the tickets at zztheater.ca. You'll find it right there. The show's called Unexpecting, and... You're going to love it. Be sure to check out <laughs> Unexpected, presented by ZZ Theater. A couple shows left, so you definitely want to get your tickets. And we just spoke to Rahat Saini, actor, storyteller, and comedian. Rahat, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.